I'm feeling on. good? Yeah, feeling great. Feeling good. Come on, internet. Give it to me, baby. Okay. Ready? Uh, yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brandana sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 130 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Brandana, and with me, as always, as nice as a three-day weekend, most awesome. Oh, that's right. Coming with that Labor Day energy right there. I know. So I was coming up. I used to mean something, you know, back in the day when we're all, all like staying at home and all days weren't happening. Just kind of look at the same thing working from your computer. But uh, yeah, we still, we still have holidays we're around the corner. We've been on like a 22-week weekend, right? I mean, just like perpetually weekend <laughs> yeah. all day long. Uh, yeah, what are you doing, buddy? We're doing a little Sunday afternoon pod. Fantasy football creeping back in. And That's right. yeah, we're gearing, gearing up for the league to start, bro. Yes. NFL. NFL. You gotta be pretty optimistic, yeah. I feel I feel pretty good. I mean, we're you know, they're like I said last week. I think we talked about it. I mean, personal agency is going to be the biggest thing for the season, right? It's yeah. just what you do outside of the the team facility is going to be, you know, uh, paramount to the success of the of the league. I did find it interesting that Sean Payton did talk, uh, and we're this is like a little pre, this is a little moose bouche of yeah, maybe sports podcasts because this isn't even on the rundown. But he was yeah. talking a little bubble scenario for the playoffs, like once he got into it to have like no issues whatsoever. So I do like that they're entertaining different ideas, but I think the success of the season at this point remains in the hands of the players. Uh, yeah. And I hope everybody's able to stay safe. I do yeah. like, um, you know, I, th- I think the NBA put everybody in a very optimistic and ambitious point to with the sports. Cause I think where the default used to be, we're not having a season, but we'll wait to see if we can. It's kind of reverse. And it's just like, we're going to try to have a season, be smart and see if we can't pull this off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, which is, uh, well, which is kind of a so, mantra for the United States right now. Right. Okay, be smart. And this podcast, episode, we'll do our best. Uh, episode 130, jam pack. We're doing rip from the headlines. We're talking NBA playoffs, MAB fantasy. We're going to talk a little bit how to handle the IR and free agent situation this season in your fantasy league. I have some tips on that. Doing the Neapolitan Showdown. You're going to think I picked this, but most awesome that it did, guys. You'll have to believe me. Top Shy LaBeouf moments. That's right. You heard me correct. That's what we're doing. We're going to jump into the brand and the gambling corner segment. Eight of eights tackling NFC South. We're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're out of power. It starts now. from the headlines nba playoffs uh before we get into the teams that are in the playoffs so we're geared up with um one series did end today other have like three games behind them in this first round mm-hmm. uh phoenix let's not overlook our sons which we were hot on went undefeated in the bubble yeah. didn't mean shit but uh look didn't good. have enough didn't didn't have enough gas in the tank in order to get there but looked incredibly good uh, for a young Suns team, I know Brandana, you were on it early, 
with Booker and Aiton, and we talked about them how well that they've kind of performed uh, in in uh, in the league, and uh, it was good. It was a good thing to see. If anything that came out of this, I was like, man, the league is in a good spot youth wise, right? I was looking, kind of doing a little bit of review. I was like, yeah. young sons. You've got uh, Luca, obviously in Dallas. You know, great young core there. New Orleans, uh, New Orleans, super young. New Orleans is super young. Yes, you even got the Jazz. Excuse me, the Nuggets with Jokic, uh, Murray, and then Michael Porter Jr. All in their early twenties as well, too. So there's a lot of young talent and young stars. Shea Gillius Alexander in Oklahoma City. I mean, there's a lot of young studs out there. It is. It's kind of like that fun kind of time to be in the league, you know, especially like uh, as LeBron starts to probably slip as the number one overall player. Right. Well, that little dog bark threw me off. It's weird. I'm back <laughs> into it. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> pod, baby. LeBron <laughs> coming after me. Um, yeah, so as these kind of get done, it, it is nice to kind of see this next generation of, you know, of names we're going to start memorizing, right? It's just kind of like who's yeah. going to kind of step up and take it. It is also good for the league too, which – I know they're kind of batting around the idea of expanding, which would be, you know, two thumbs down just because you don't want to yeah. water down the product more. But it does seem like there is enough young talent in the league to make every team kind of interesting and have like two or three guys, you know. Yeah, I mean, definitely they have they have found a good way, especially opening it up internationally to get more talent into the league. Before it was just dominated just here in the United States. Uh, but now we've seen like, you know, since the, you know, 92 Dream Team, uh, we've seen a real push for European talent and other foreign talent. Yeah, into Giannis, the baby. Giannis, baby. Yeah. Don't pronounce great. that G. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, don't pronounce the last name. Neither one of us will get it. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's great. I mean, it's it's definitely like a global sport, and that just means ultimately the most talent is going to be out there. But I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Like 32 teams is going to be – it'll be a rough kind of six years before they can finally – the talent will catch up to kind of diversify – yeah, that's just the weird thing about NBA basketball, too, is, you know, uh, they're scheduled, obviously not this year, but the schedule usually, uh, it's healthy, you know, if, if not a few too many games. But the big thing you lose now is you lose those spots if you have, you know, those three or four teams that are just tanking, that can't put it together, that is just kind of like, it's, it's a tough hang to watch, especially coming towards the end of the season. Yeah, and especially years like this year where we we already kind of iffy on the talent coming into the league this year, you know, just adding that expansion team is just going to make for for bad basketball for for a good stretch there. But that's not we're not here to talk about bad basketball. We're we're here to talk playoff about basketball, baby. Playoff basketball, the best playoff basketball. basketball. Uh, okay, so let's knock this out real fast. So Boston sweeps Philly, puts them down today, four zero to advance first okay just on the macro real fast on playoff basketball i hear people kick around that they feel like this first round is kind of like takes a little momentum to get started do we need to go down to best of five for this first round it used to be best of five um i i you know it seems like a a little bit of squeezing an extra game out for you know the uh the visiting side there but uh uh, yeah i mean well i mean if anything actually if you looked at the Eastern conference, it's been, yeah, you should probably go best of five. If you look at the Western conference, that entire series is all two one and the jazz, the six seater up on the nuggets right now. So um, yeah, I, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, I, I think the last three teams in the East were just a little, little Rocky coming kind of heading in between, you know, Philly with the knee injury to Simmons um, all the guys that opted out for uh, the Nets and then the Magic were kind of limping along too. Even though they did steal a game that first game 
Um, I just think that those three teams are just a, a greater chasm of, of uh, play between those, uh, those top teams in the East and those bottom. So, uh, on, so on this neutral side, like I've just, just been watching like the gambling lines and stuff like, and it's weird not to have, you know, the numbers aren't really moving night right. to night on these games. Cause it's just like, yeah, like bucks always favored around 11 and a half, even though they lost that first one, like right. um, usually it's like two or three points that the Rockets will be favored over the uh, thunder Rockets over the thunder. Uh, so it's, it's kind of crazy to see the lines not changing. Um, there's no other way to see this than it benefiting a neutral side, benefiting the uh, lower C team, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, especially, yeah, just going into a raucous, you know, Boston garden would just adds to an element, you know, for the, for the Mavs, let's talk about the Mavs, just kind of their first playoff run, having to go for a wild, like Clippers, you know, uh, team in a, you know, rowdy staple center would have been a tough, you know, tough putt for a young team kind of learning their, their craft in the playoffs a little bit. So yes, I definitely think it's to the advantage of the road teams. And that's probably why we saw the magic steal one and, you know, the, the Mavs steal one early on. Yeah. Even though these higher ranking teams also like they're probably, they like not having to go on the road also. Like it yeah. is, I mean, it kind of bounces out, but you have to think tip of the hat to that, uh, to that lower seat. Okay. Uh, so Boston sweeps Philly. <laughs> did, did, okay. So we trusted the process. Uh, were we hoodwinked? I think we were. Uh, the, the Philadelphia, the, the, the forecast for Philadelphia, garbage city and all not good. Right. The amount of money that they, I don't know, yeah. I'm not going to lay up. Um, just first off, Embiid looked terrible. I, I mean, he, yeah. I'm sure numbers, if you look at the stat lines, it's fine, but like just body language, I wrote down in my notes when I was watching the game earlier today, he's like entering into that DeMarcus cousins world where it's like, mm. you're kind of you 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 have skill but it's like i'm not seeing like a ton of athleticism jump off the page and it's probably because he's carrying like an extra 15 pounds that he probably shouldn't be and not, not in the greatest shape and we've harped on that before but his like dissatisfaction with his teammates has become like super palpable even from like two minutes into the game where a guy blew an assignment it was a bad blow but he just like shaking his head and he just runs free throw line to free throw line he doesn't dominate in the paint only in rare bursts but it's like he doesn't seem like, like it just didn't seem like he wanted to be there. And we knew he kind of didn't want to be there to begin with, but it's not boding well for like your marquee player. Well, and I think that kind of rubs us all wrong. Like it's definitely my biggest strike against a player that I like, I almost find it's like the Cardinal sin, right? It's unforgivable to have the blueprint to be great in this league and just not putting the work in. Yeah. And just, and, and, and it's also on Simmons's too. I know he's injured, but there's been a lot of stuff about that. They don't, they don't hold Embiid and Simmons to the same standards as everyone else. And they kind of, they allow them to, you know, not really work on their craft. I mean, Jason Tatum. Yeah. Jason Tatum definitely took it on to develop his game, work on his handle, incorporate, you know, a more efficient three pointer and Ben Simmons, didn't do any of that didn't or you know his handle was pretty good but didn't really work on the three-point craft which everyone knew is his achilles heel and almost like in a refusal to do so and work on it he didn't work on it until kind of right toward the end of quarantine and then unfortunately you know his, his knee got injured yep uh okay so it's just is this all over for philadelphia are we just moving on are we blowing something up are we going to see Embiid and simmons play another game together yeah, I think we'll see them play another game. I mean, they're contractually right now, they're, they're kind of in the deep end of the pool with all their, their contracts. I definitely think Brett Brown will 
his axe or the the axe will chop him. Mm-hmm. And he'll get cut. They'll try and find somebody else in there to bring in. Um, I don't know who that person's going to be to kind of wrangle this, but they're in a real kind of cap space woe between Tobias Harris and Al Horford and, and all this. Elton Brand, the GM, has got a lot, lot to figure out. Yep. Uh, okay, so moving on to right now, let's go to the Clippers-Dallas series. Um, that is currently game four going on right now. The Clippers lead two games to one over Dallas. Uh, that is in the third quarter. Mavericks actually up, trailing by 20 points in the second quarter. Uh, and they are uh, now in the third quarter, the, the Mavericks are up by four, 77-73. Ooh, they battled back. They battled back. Um, do you have a problem with this attitude of this Clippers theme, team that really hasn't won anything yet, but taking that that kind of coast method that we see a lot of you know these upper echelon teams take where they're just like, we're not going to turn it on until we make the playoffs? Until it's time to turn it on. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's 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 easier if you've done it before. You know how to turn it on. I know Kawhi knows how to do it, but Paul George really hasn't won a ton, and the rest of the the guys on that team really haven't won much other than you know a few playoff series. So, their their whole knock this entire season has just been their on on off switch, and uh, you know, yeah, I mean, be, being up this is totally indicative of, of that right here in this game being up 20 points and then letting it all slip away and now being up four or down four excuse me to a, a young Mavs team with no playoff experience I mean, you would think that this you know if you're going to win the, the title you're going to win a chip you should put teams away when you're up big on them yeah yeah you got to put that away uh this Dallas team very interesting team unlike any other Lucky. league pretty fun to watch yeah, pretty fun to watch. Luca's great. Kristaps uh, Porzingis is great. Great to see him finally kind of coming back to life. Getting him out of New York was a good, good uh, move for him and for probably the the Knicks as well. Um, but it's just like, yeah, I mean, they got a good young core. They've got Tim Hardaway Jr., which is a nice little role player, and uh, you know, they got Bobin, who's always a fan favorite. Everyone loves Bobin, and uh, yeah, you know, they're they're an exciting kind of young team. But Luca is, you know. He's the core. He's the centerpiece of it all. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye on that game and won't say anything about it because if we're where you get your scores, you're not doing it right. Um, all right. The other series is Raptors up 3-0 uh, over the Brooklyn Nets. I famously had that long-term bet of the Nets to win the championship. That was like another had... world ago, though, bro. Like that, you, can't even, you can't even take that as an L. Uh, thank you. That uh, That's what I needed. I needed a global pandemic to distract about how bad that bet actually was. Um, so I think the big thing on this one is Raptors losing kind of their, uh, you know, arguably one of the top five players in the league right now, Kawhi Leonard, yeah. goes over the Clippers. But still, you got to take them seriously. Oh, yeah. And and Nick Nurse, Nurse uh, who I love and have talked much about on this podcast, uh, one coach of the year, uh, was fantastic again. And it's just, you know, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, you know, they got Gasol. But Fred Van Vliet, I mean, undrafted Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet, if you've ever seen it, uh, when he had his draft night party, he talked about it. He didn't. He went undrafted. It's a great little story, kind of where he is now. He's been playing fantastic for them. And Norman Powell and OG uh, Ananobi, uh, the two wing players, have been great. So they've got a lot of versatility, um, and it's it's you know different from the Clippers and Lakers where it's a two-headed monster. These guys can kind of come at you in many different ways. 
and they're a fun team. And like I said, they're they are the you know defending champions, even though they lost uh, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and we'll see what this Nets team looks like. Um, oh, um, yeah, once they get Kevin Durant back, we got to yeah. see how that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving thing works out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Good talk. But you know, it's 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 you know, it's a it's a layup. And like I said, Brooklyn was not. You know, they had a lot of guys sitting out and staying out and that were injured. So it's not, you know, it's not a good showing for the Brooklyn side. Yeah, should have probably just offered out the whole bubble. All right, uh, Utah Jazz <laughs> up in their series 2-1 to one over the Nuggets. Donovan Mitchell has been playing awesome, averaging right now like 35 points a game. I mean, they've been fantastic. And as much as I talked about earlier about the Nuggets having a good uh, young core with Murray, Jokic, and Porter, Defensively, they've been abysmal. They've been they've been really bad. They've given up 124 points basically all three nights. One of them was 125 points, but um, they've been pretty shitty on on, on defense. But uh, but yeah, I mean Mitchell Gobert seemingly put their coronavirus issues aside after Gobert famously touched all those. I don't think he started it. Right. I don't think he started the pandemic yeah. for the the NBA. But he put it aside, and they're playing really well. Um. But yeah, Donovan Mitchell has been has been great, and they get back uh, uh, Mike Connolly, which has been really nice for them as well too. He chipped in like twenty five points last night. All right, then we got the Bucks up two one over Magic. Um, Magic were part of the two eight seeds that stole the first game uh, yeah. during this year's postseason. Uh, I mean, that should be okay. What's exciting about the Magic? I don't even know who's on the Magic. What's going on over there? Uh, Vujicic is. Uh, probably the best player that no one knows about or, or, or hears about super versatile, big can shoot the three, uh, can, can go down and score in a low block. It's really good. He's a really good player, but you just don't hear about him in Orlando. Markel Fultz making a, a mm. good push for kind of, you know, comeback player of the year or, or most improved. Um, you know, he's been playing pretty solid, uh, in Orlando, just kind of not with the, you know, the attention all on him. He's been playing pretty well and, that shot, the yips aren't there anymore. He's, he's uh, not shooting. He's not a great shooter, but he's not uh, embarrassingly, you know, dangerous at the free throw line. I um, created a little new award for him. Player that most likely remembered how to shoot. Way to right, go, bro. Exactly. Figured his shit out. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got a good young core. Aaron, Aaron Gordon's pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're kind of in this. There's a lot of teams that are in this kind of like, are we winners? Are we vying for a championship or are we just tanking? And yeah, this, this is like right in this kind of that's what I gotta ask. Yeah, it's like some of these teams, like, um, I don't know, like Utah, like Denver, Orlando Magic. Uh, it's like, are they on their way up or on, on, on the way down? Are they still, I mean, obviously, it's probably like one more piece away, right? Yeah, and it's the same thing with, with, with Portland. I, I threw Portland in there. It's like, are, what, what, what are we doing? I know you've got Lillard and McCollum. It's like what? The, where? Where are you going? You're not ascending. You're not descending. You're just kind of in this like we're slightly above average. We're good enough to make the playoffs, but we're not good enough to, to go on a run. Yeah, because a couple of years ago, like it was clear. It was just like, all right, like you know, you're either dealing with LeBron James uh, in his like super prime, or you got Golden State to deal with. So I felt there's a lot of teams not making huge moves, just treading water for this to open up. And now, you know, I really think you know there's at least five teams that could win the championship where your head wouldn't explode seeing that happen. So I just oh, yeah, think, I, sure. I think if you're any of these young teams and you're, and you feel like you're a piece away, like you make your move now to get that piece. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Especially with the way that, uh, you know, some of these contracts are lining up, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting here with the collective bargaining 
to see which direction the salary cap goes up. So you might be able to you might be able to buy out some of these teams that have uh, you know like Philadelphia that have big big uh, salary chunks that are trying to move some pieces. All right, and the Rockets up 2-1 over the Thunder. We have, you know, Paul George leaving the Thunder, and we have, um, what's, um, what's Paul going? Chris Paul, yeah. What was confusing yeah. about that? Oh, one's guy's last name was the other one's first name. That's why I got locked up. Chris, Chris Paul George. Uh, yeah, so Paul, or Chris Paul goes over there. We basically think that that's just he's just going there to end his career quietly. Um, battle got him to the playoffs. Uh, Rockets got to take these guys seriously, yeah. Yeah, especially now with uh, say you know Shea Gillius Alexander playing really well. I mean, and Danilo Gallinari, who was on that previous Clippers team, they moved them over there. You know, they're they're kind of they've got kind of got some pieces to make a little bit of a run. And I think Chris Paul, who doesn't need any more of a chip on his shoulder, uh, has been playing really well for them. We'll see how it holds up, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough matchup for them, but uh, a fun one to watch. It's probably the best, most contested series. Of, uh, of this first round I've seen so far. Definitely. And just how, you know, how much, how many more years can this Rocket team kind of linger around with flirting with being a top four team? It kind of feels like that window, you know, it's not completely closed, but they have to be on the downslope of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, Daryl Morey is forever tinkering with it. I, I do like where they're at right now. You've got, you know, Jeff Green has been playing really well for them. And Jeff Green is like this perfect prototype you know, small ball, four or five, who can shoot, you know, six to eight, six, nine, who can kind of defend some of the big guys and has, you know, big playability. Uh, you know, Robert Covington, they, they made that trade for. Daniel House, the kind of bargain bin guy that they got. Um, i trying to think. And then, you know, I mean, if you watch their highlights of their games, it's just like everyone just standing around the three-point line. It's incredibly tough to defend James Harden. I mean, they're they're only going to be as good as James Harden is right now. And then, obviously, Russell Westbrook is on the sideline with a quad injury, so they're kind of limited. He's going to have to really carry that load. Um, but uh, you know, yes, I don't know if they're going to be top four in the league much longer because I think they're going to eventually, as his play declines, James mm-hmm. Harden, they're going to go with them. But it's uh, it's pretty amazing to watch how they're able to do it. Yeah, it kind of seems like also I think, you know, Russell Westbrook coming over to the Rockets, I think there wasn't a, a little bit of a question if there was going to be enough basketballs to go around and just how that would kind of gel with Harden, but it seems to be working. working. Yeah, and they played together before, and it's like, you know, they, you can give Harden some rest where he otherwise, you know, would need to be you know just solely doing the Kawhi thing for the, for the Rockets and just carrying them offensively every single possession. At least this way you can give them a little bit of a, of a break. Eric Gordon is pretty good at that too, and they're they're so set up for just drive, penetrate, find the open guy, shoot the corner three. It's uh, you know they're even though you know it's coming, it's so hard to stop. You know what? We have time. Let's jump into this real fast. Um, yes, I have a question for you. It's kind of hard to believe that Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden were all on the same basketball team at one point and came away yes. with zero chips. What the fuck happened in Oklahoma City? Well, so it starts at the top with the ownership, right? Uh, Clay Bennett, who famously said he wasn't going to move the Supersonics and then ended up doing it. Yeah. Uh, really came down to is, is that they did not want to. Uh, they didn't want to. They didn't want to pay over the the, the luxury tax. The luxury tax. Wow. The biggest thing, even though they didn't they didn't outrightly say it. Sure. But they didn't get there, and Sam Presti, the GM, was who who you know 
did a great job of orchestrating and, and leveraging the most amount of draft picks I think I've ever seen in a trade for uh, Chris or for Paul George to get Chris Paul back. Uh, was really kind of in a rock and hard place, and they moved on from you know they knew they had two defined starters in Durant and Westbrook, and at that point in time, Harden was really this like offensive like carry the second unit, play yeah. some big minutes, could shoot the three. Yep. Um, but I didn't know if it was going to be, you know, they thought that they could replace him with Kevin Martin and like uh, and like a poo-poo platter of different people to kind of replace that offense. And they were just wrong. I mean, they just were flat out 100% wrong. And it's insane to, to sit there and, and think like salary cap and like team management. It's like I, you could get away with that trade if you're playing like NBA 2K. But in real life, it's like it's very hard you realize it's very hard to have stars on your team. Yeah. Let alone draft, go three for three and drafting three legitimate, you know, MVP level players. It, it, you know, it's insane. And, and they did it for a few bucks. Um, but they, they could have been the dominant team. They could have been what we were talking about with the Warriors um, for that last little run, those last five years. That could have been that. Yeah. It has a little bit of that. You know, everybody's been watching the last dance and, you know, the, um, Whatever the guy gets blamed for kind of blowing up the entire team. It just feels like something. Yeah, Kraus. yeah it just feels like something went awry here in the Oklahoma City. Yeah, and, and there definitely was, like, toward the end, there was definitely, like, friction between Durant and Westbrook. I mean, yeah. there definitely was that. And there was the whole Durant, like, did the emoji cupcake thing, which was, like, somebody had called uh, Westbrook did the cupcake thing. Because somebody called Durant a cupcake for leaving the, the whole thing, so yep, yep. there's like there's a little back and forth on that. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it, a little. That would be like a <clears throat> that would be an interesting documentary. It's the same thing that kind of like fell to the Dallas Mavericks earlier, uh, like in the '90s when they had uh, Jimmy Jackson, uh, uh, Jamal Mashburn, and Jason Kidd, and that was actually famously over a check over Tony Braxton. Mm. It all kind of fell apart because there's a little. A love triangle between him and uh, between Kid and Jess, uh, Jimmy Jackson, but they had, they were like a very similar thing. Like they had three young starters that were really solid, and it all kind of blew up. Breathe again, breathe again. Uh, <laughs> Braxton Scott, mid nineties up in Braxton. here. Oh man. Um, okay, and then we have Miami Heat up three zero to the Pacers. I think um, these might be a couple more. The Heat might be one of those teams where. Uh, he probably overlooked early, but yeah. you know, they're winning, winning some basketball games. Uh, Jimmy Butler's definitely got to move in the right direction. Oh, for sure. I, I, I was super excited for the series. I'm, I know on paper it doesn't look as, as highly contested, but Butler and TJ Warren were like jawing at each other, you know, basically since Jimmy Butler has, you know, woke up. He just, he loves jawing at TJ Warren. But, mm. um, I, I really like the Pacers and the direction that they were going. I thought that they were going to be interesting in the bubble, and, and T.J. Warren kind of came out and played really well, along with Malcolm Brogdon, who has played pretty well for the Pacers. But the, the Heat have been very much in the like mode of the Raptors, where they have a lot of different people that can really get at you. Obviously, everyone knows Jimmy Butler, and he really kind of leads the charge. But you have Bam Adebayo, who is a versatile kind of like almost like a Dwight Howard-esque kind of rim runner. Dunker protects the rim. Uh, and they're surrounding, they've got great shooters. Duncan Robinson, who's from your boy from the Michigan, University of Michigan. Yeah. Love Duncan Robinson. 
Uh, and then Tyler Hero out of Kentucky, who they drafted in the first round last year. And they've just found guys. Goran Dragic has played pretty well. Kendrick Nunn is playing very well for them. So this is really just goes to show you, like, Eric Spolstra and the job that they've done in Miami. Um, they've done a really – they've created a complete team, and they've brought, like, Jimmy Butler, who's got that dog mentality. He's like, I'm not going to fucking lose yep. in the playoffs. And it's like, you know, he's the – He's the anti-Sixers when it comes to, you know, playoff basketball. Oh, Heat. Yeah, the up to 3 nothing. We'll like see what happens there. <laughs> then Lakers has good good, uh, good wrap-up by me right there. Uh, Lakers up 2-1 to one over the Blazers. Trail Blazers. Uh, Lakers famously in this bubble having some shooter, shooting problems just kind of not coming together. They did lose that first game to the Blazers. The Blazers probably everyone's you know, kind of favorite underdog shot, especially just to see how far, like, Lillard will pull the trigger from. It's been insane. He was definitely, I mean, if you had an MVP of the bubble, like, pre-playoffs, like, it would be Damian Lillard for sure. Yeah, he was playing amazing, playing great. But Do do they have a shot? Do they have a shot? No, I I don't think that they do. I mean, they're going to get killed on the boards because that's what the Lakers do is they beat you up on on the boards. And the Lakers have been shitty offensively. Uh, oh, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, um, Kyle Kuzma, and, and Danny Green have been awful. It, they're their perimeter outside guys, and they have been dog shit, and they haven't been great playing defense either. Um, you know, Caruso is a pretty good defender and, and kind of, you know, his own little right. But losing Avery, Avery Bradley um, has been really, you know, big for them because he was a guy that would stop like it or would defend at least or give problems to a Damian Lillard type. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or put him on CJ McCollum and, and him not being there. It's a real, it's a real vacancy, especially when you realize that they're backfilling it with, well, I mean, uh, uh, J.R. Smith and, you know, Dion waiters, although they were like, played this monkey series. So sure. Um, I, I'm surprised because I thought that this team would have been strong in the, in the bubble because of the layoff and being a veteran team. But it seems like that it's almost disrupted their their rhythm too much. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. When you and I were hypothesizing a little bit about you know who is this advantageous for kind of a a rest this long, uh, and it's a little bit of what the Clippers are doing, but they just seem to catch up to the Lakers because when the Lakers are ready to hit that next gear, they just couldn't get it to gel. They can't find that gear. They can't get the gear shift in there. Is that enough gear talk? Is that enough gear yeah, symbolism? Yeah, exactly. No, okay, they're right. going. They're trying to go from first to fifth, and they just can't find. They can't it. get it's it in there. It's four on the floor. Take a look at a stick shift. Uh, All right, so do you have any surprise for us in the next round? I'll do a little surprise. I'll do a little long shot surprise. I think we see the Dallas Mavericks in the next round. Dallas Mavericks knock off the clips. Ooh, I mean, what what a difference, like, literally a quarter of basketball makes. Because I would have have written them off, and then you told me that they're they're up four points. Um, I I like the Jazz to finish off the Nuggets. Uh, here, that's my only real upset because everyone is pretty much there. But uh, yeah, ooh, Clippers getting ousted in the first round would be huge, right? Would really lay the foundation for a, uh, a Lakers. Uh, I think it's going to be Lakers Milwaukee, quite honestly. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Sorry, Tom, about that clip comment. Maybe I'm wrong. Bye. We'll see. I've been wrong before. I think it was like three times a few episodes ago. <laughs> um, all right, brother. Mab. Fantasy, uh, his little MAB fixes, kind of offshoot with fantasy, big thing. Bink, bink, 
think. All right. Um, so right now, uh, you want to stay ahead of this, right? You're a GM of a league that won't be mentioned. Yes. I'm the GM uh, of a couple of leagues, um, and I think you just have to anticipate that there are going to be some players that probably miss games and how – we know this is probably the least thing we should be worried about, about you know everything going on and stuff is like your fantasy football. But it does exist, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, yeah. So what are we talking about? I think the big thing, first thing you do is if you're a GM, it, or you need to ask your GM to shorten this review time to veto a trade. Let's just, I think the default is two, uh, or like a free agency move. Let's just get that down to one day. Because I think what we're going to see is, you know, there'll be some players that might not play you know, Thursday in that Thursday game and you got to move them, but you don't necessarily want to make your, you know, uh, players in your like pool have to drop their team. So what's your, what's your thoughts on this? What's the solve? Yeah, I, I would, I, I would agree with that. I would even start even before that is, is like, you would maybe talk to your, like the commissioner of your league to open up like a, uh, another roster spot or another IR spot or a couple IR spots. If you don't have one just to balance, like they're, for the potential of the shuffling of players. You know, a, a bench spot is exactly that. It's just there to, you know, help in the rotation of your players. Most guys are going to start, you know, if you're in one quarterback league, they're probably going to carry, you know, one, maybe two quarterbacks at the most. Um, but this will give you a little bit more flexibility just to make uh, make a, um, you know, a roster moves in, in on the fly if someone does you know, come down with something or, or, or decides to leave or anything like that. So um, I would say probably start there and like look to add like at least one bench spot and or a uh, IR spot for those players. And then you're right. I think like timelines to make, to make uh, waiver pickups, you know, you, you'd want to have, depending on how you do it, if you have open waivers, then that really shouldn't matter for you guys. It'll just, you know, just whoever goes there and gets it is fine. If you have like an auction, a waiver auction, yeah, trimming that time down to you know, at least 24 hours and so you can make a move every day if they need to. So it's been a problem for us, right? Um, a few leagues, like ad dropping on Sunday mornings. What's the rule now and how can we fix that? Yeah, so this is tough. Like if we're going off of ESPN, the big deal is, is that if you do like a free agent auction on – uh, your the way you're picking up your waivers, which I do think is like the most fair, equitable way to go out and get players because not everyone can be in front of the computer all at the same time. So if it just does an auction every day at the same time, the problem is with that is is for late games and those you know those later scratches the the four thirty or the Sunday night games, there isn't a second round of auction because you almost have to make your decision based on that player basically, you know, noon on Sunday in order to, you know, make your 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 430 games uh, decided or four o'clock games decided. Uh, so that's that's always a bit of problematic. I mean, that you want to write ESPN and say, like, hey, fucking figure this out. It shouldn't be that difficult. It's just another line of code. You can open this up to have two free agent pe- periods to ratify, you know what I mean, before then and that. Uh, it shouldn't be that challenging. Uh, that would be my biggest qualm. I or the other thing is, is you could just, and again, you can't, you can't cater this with ESPN. Is is making Sunday just like a free for all? Make you know Tuesday through uh, Saturday 
a uh, you know an auction and then Sunday Monday because we're watching those games just make them open waiver periods. Yeah, I think, if I you think, could do something like that, that'd be easier too. Yeah, I think the free for all works also, and you could you could manually do a free for all. So you know even if ESPN's not uh, up to speed with it, everything going on, I think you know uh, having a GM. Here's the big thing: if your GM's checked out, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough hang this season. Let me just tell you that. If you have a league where your GM's not active, it's going to be uh, maybe save your money. Maybe find a different league. But if you do have one, I mean, I definitely think it's going to be that. I, I'll at least do it in our league or in um, in a league that I GM that I think on those Sunday, Mondays, you know, if you want to add junk, I'll just keep, I'll keep it open. I mean, you know, like try not to just bleed me dry and have like each team just all day doing changes and stuff. But I think to, to that effort, like, I'd rather that happen because if you you've had all week to do the auction free agent auction, so if it's somebody that you know you were super curious and maybe make a move before Sunday, and obviously the person yes. doing the ad drop on Sunday, there's a reason they're doing it. Yeah, and I would say like if you're in if you're paying attention in in your league to to, to you as the you know coach of your team, I would sit there and like be mindful if you I, I here's what I would also say too. We should also talk to the NFL. And it's like. If these guys are ruled out, rule them out immediately. You know what I mean? Rule them out the second they're out, and then that way, you know, we can get them into the IR spot, so we don't have to worry about this. You know, no, don't put a, don't put any fucking doubtfuls out there because that's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, gotta get rid of the doubtfuls, and then we also need. Um... So what? Are you going to give people passes or are you going to handle it? Like, if somebody fucks up and has somebody a starting slot, is it like one freebie to get them out of there, or it's just like tough cookies? Yeah, so I think we've always, you know, in the league that shall not be named, it's like if if somebody says like, oh man, I I missed it or I didn't get it in, you know, the time, you know, we've all got enough time to set a roster. I I I get it, you know what I mean. And I usually what I'll do is is I will get with the other owner if it's like twelve oh one, and they let me know. It's a, usually it's a pretty easy thing to be like, all right, well, we will make the switch, and I can like either adjust the point differential after the fact. But I'll clue that other, I'll clue that clue that other coach in for that other game. Here, are you cool with this? Here's it going to go. But if you're like texting like twenty minutes later, like, oh man, my 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 thing didn't go through. Bullshit. Sorry, brah. It's got to be like, it's yeah. got to be within like a couple minutes. Exactly. It's like start of the second quarter. It's just like don't even. It's just like, bro, this game's in overtime. They've been playing for four quarters. You just noticed that yeah. fucking Mike Evans wasn't out there. Um, all right, guys. Good luck, everyone, <laughs> in your leagues. Uh, and stay yeah. on top of that. Good luck. And, you know, yeah, just pay attention. Everyone say anything, anything with fantasy football is always valid. Pay the fuck attention. That's how you have the most fun. Enjoy. All right, Neapolitan Showdown. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me and we just disagree. Top Shadow Buff Moments. Why are we doing that this week? I know we usually save that for Ripped, but you text me about this. <laughs> you know, I'm a fan. Because, man, I'm a neophyte. I'm a new, true believer in Shia LaBeouf. Uh, I watched two Shia LaBeouf films, oh, Honey Boy and Peanut Butter Falcon, in, like, I think consecutive weeks. Yeah. I got to tell you, man, I'm a fan. Yeah, that's how I watch them, too. Uh, this guy is a Looney Tune, but uh, he's yes. he's fascinating. I do like him. First of all, if uh, I... I would put, you know, Honey Boy in top five movies I saw this year. Like, for sure. Yeah, and it, very good. everybody's very been good. watching a bunch of shit, so that's saying something. 
Um, drummed, up, drummed up a lot of emotions in this this young podcast. Oh, nice. Right yeah. It's also it clips by. It's like an hour forty minutes. Like they don't. Yes. They they're not fucking around. They get in there. They tell the story. Uh, if you don't know about it, it's um, it's Shia LaBeouf's actually doing something um, autobiographical, but he plays his dad. Right. Like so, it's a kind of yes. about him growing up when he was on uh, Even Stevens, I think, or whatever show he was on. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's wild. wild so top story. three movies. Well, I'll take you know, I'll take movies of his. I'll take moments. Uh, I don't want to step on your toes. I mean, there's the stuff where he like. Uh, well, this started too because for his uh, for the the tax collector, his movie out now, yes. getting whatever the opposite of rave reviews are, the other end of that spectrum, whatever <laughs> getting just shit thrown on top of it. Anywho. Um, he has this tattoo in the movie that's like full like chest isn't even enough. I told you chest, but under soul. <laughs> yes. It's like full like torso. Full torso creeper, full on creeper, like basically above his hip bones, mm-hmm. which is the name of his character in Tax Collector. And like a real like, you know, Santa Maria like thing on his chest. I mean, it's for a movie role, it's nuts bro. yeah he got it really tattooed it really lives on his body now uh then he you know he, like he cut out a chunk of his cheek for when he would like scarred his face when he was in um whatever that one with brad pitt like the tanks oh, fury? fury yeah yeah famously and once on my list famously method actor yeah going real hard in this in this whole thing okay well i mean that's that's where he was when he got the the, the drunken disorderly thing in georgia he was shooting peanut butter falcon Mm. Which he kind of plays like a wild, you know, you know, free range guy who doesn't give a shit about anything, and like I, I actually watched that the the him getting arrested footage, and it's like oh I totally hear the peanut butter falcon guy like in you right now yeah as you're like screaming at the cops it's, which is a rough uh, in, a rough watch insane um, okay so I'll go top three moments um, remember too this is the guy that showed up on the red carpet you know what? I, I'm gonna keep saying it because maybe you have him on the list I don't want to step on right, wait, 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 wait. Right, wait are you on your are you on your number two or number three number three just number two number three. Oh, number three yeah. I'm sorry I'm sorry I haven't right. officially dropped by yet <laughs> I got plenty okay all right uh, also before I forget to say it check out his hot ones video uh, there's a lot of good stories about shooting lawless with Tom Hardy in there okay let's get to it number three <clears throat> um, give me the him screaming do it with the green screen behind him <laughs> yes this is a this is a weird fucking. There's a lot of weird Shia LaBeouf videos out there. Uh, there's a there's a ton, and he intentionally did this because he wanted you to be able to green screen anything behind yourself or like put anything you wanted back there. And it's just him screaming, right. "Do it!" Like you can just look it up on YouTube. It's uh, I'm not gonna. It's a little inspiring. Sometimes I gotta get just a quick little. You know the like the five hour energies. Like sometimes I just need a quick like let's get this done. Like you just play a little bit of Shia LaBeouf screaming. Do it like he's like walking into a wrestling ring, and you'll be right yeah. where you need to be. You just you just need a little five hour shy. That's, that's it. What you need. Yeah. Just a little little surge. Yeah. I do like it. I'm gonna stick with his his performance art because I do think this is like a. I, I don't. I can't remember another actor really going like this hardcore into performance art. Maybe Joaquin Phoenix. Maybe the closest one that I could think of right now. But uh, with those same people that he he did uh some of the performance art he did like a uh 24 hours in an elevator that's not my number three i can't yep. remember their guy's name nastasha or, or something or other but he did this one where he, he spent he was in like iceland or finland and spent 30 days in a hut 
and he was like the only connection the IP connection was that fed into a museum where people could watch it it was three people his other two you know performance artists people and him they had a, a month's worth of food and rations that were non-perishable like spam and other stuff and some fruit and then people would you know can come up to these huts and like talk to them but they couldn't hear their responses and it's just like who would go and do this and be isolated for 30 days in this like oddball you know fucking performance art thing and it's just wild to sit there and say like he's willing to go to do that to kind of figure out what this experience is uh yep he is a loon so 30 days in that i'll give you 30 points the do it video i think lasts 30 seconds so we got a dead heat 30 to 30 um 30 30 number two 30 to 30 30 for 30 um okay number two on my list no i'm going number two bro go for it i'm going two I thought you said you were okay, Spider. I thought, I thought you said you were all right, Spider. I thought oh, the man. internet was not fucking up right now. <laughs> can you hear me? I can. Can you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. Good catch up. Good hot pod right here. Um, okay, so he goes... Um, so he goes full method for this orphans play with Alec Baldwin. Uh, and then oh. he gets fired from the play. And eventually, yes. like, apologized to Alec Baldwin, like, about his process and being, like, kind of looped But it's... Alec Baldwin doesn't look like the hardest guy to piss off. But Alec Baldwin is also, like, if, if I was Method, but then I'm going to play with Alec Baldwin, and Alec Baldwin's like, I fucking hate Method actors. Guess who's not Method for this play? Right, right, right. It's like, he's just... Guess Alec Baldwin's had the vibe of a guy that you want to piss off. Yeah, Alec Baldwin will get into a scrap with you. He will definitely punch you in your face. Yes, he likes to punch. He has no qualms. Yeah, he's pro-punch. He has punch. no qualms about dressing you down. He's pro-punch, pro-dressing you mm-hmm. down. Yeah, I might yeah. tune down, to- tone down the Looney Tunes, but maybe he's just like, let's go mano a mano for crazy. Let's go toe-to-toe. Who's going to be the bigger douche? Yeah, I think th- I think that's might been what Shia LaBeouf was going for. Be my guess. What's your number yeah. two, my number two, uh, uh, Sia, the musician, has a whole stretch of uh, music videos with Maddie Ziegler. Yep. The Elastic Heart video is fantastic. I'm so I'm so glad that's on your list. I'm giving you a thousand points. Isn't that a great video? It's a fantastic video. The song's great. Yeah. It moves me emotionally. Uh, the Commissette 2.0, love Maddie Ziegler, the, the, the young dancer in the Sia videos. They absolutely love her. And it's just like it's there's there's pain there's there's heartwarming it's uh, it's a great video I, I, I there's not a lot of videos these days that I'm like oh that's a good video but I love this video yeah absolutely absolutely it is on my like I don't like Shia LaBeouf like tongue in cheek like I legit enjoy him like as a performer and as like dedicated yes. so it's just like uh, yeah you know you're gonna win it you're I, well I don't let's not let's not. Spoiled Indian. So our top spot right now. I'm not even keeping score anymore. You got it. That video is awesome. Uh, check it out. What is? Yeah, it's Elastic Heart. Good song too. Yeah. Um, okay. Arrested for being drunk at Cabaret is my number one spot. Do you know this story? Oh, I think I did. Didn't he try and climb up on the stage? Yeah, he told it on the. Well, it's kind of like my thing was. I think it's a little bit like interactive environment when you first get in there. Just like based on the okay. show. I mean, that's how we did it in college. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that one wasn't. But. Uh, 
So he was already drunk when he's there. He tells a story of the Tonight Show. You can easily look it up. Um, and then it's uh, who's the, who's the actor? Damn it! I lost who played the actor. Alan Cummings. Alan Cummings. Thank you. He slaps Alan Cummings' ass when he walks by him, uh, and then he lights up a he lights up a cigarette. Fuck yeah. This guy's fucking nuts, man. I love this dude. I guess that's another method because it is like, you know, cabaret is set in like a nightclub environment. It's kind of like the vibe yeah. one, but it's just like, uh, yeah, that uh, got him thrown in jail. What's your number one, bro? My number one, uh, what started it off, kicked it all off, uh, is Honey Boy, his performance in Honey Boy as his father. Uh, the one quote that I love the most is the only, what he said is, is the only thing my father gave me of any value was pain mm, yes and yeah it fucking rocked me when i read that and it also rocked me because i was like oh you can give your kids ptsd now i was like great just another thing that we need to worry as parents <laughs> that we're just gonna like pass on to our kids it's fucking awesome but it is like such a it is such a brutal story and it's like you could see all the love there's love in there but there's like so much demons piled on top of it that they can't even get out from underneath it uh, talking about his dad in particular, uh, it's just uh, it's a heartwarming, it's a heart wrenching story, and you, you it, it made me appreciate or put in pull into focus all of these wild things that we're talking about for Shia yeah. LaBeouf and say like there's really like there's a real person in there who's really just you know just trying to vie for his parents' love and affection and like pull them out of this you know like poverty stricken drug stricken thing and is ill equipped to handle it. And has really kind of just been thrust into being like an adult since he was like nine years old. Yeah, there's been there's some like genuineness to like his performance art, like just what he's trying to get to. Like it doesn't feel like art for art's sake. It really feels like he's trying to like say something with it. And then like I got a hats off, you know, for some of the shit he gets made fun of, uh, for keep going after him and keep doing it and like creating this stuff. It's uh, and just the the vulnerability. So check out the hot ones video for some stories there um and in case you haven't googled this list uh definitely check out the sia elastic heart video um a few other yeah. things i don't want you to forget about he got in a fight in a bowling alley one time because uh, they weren't serving fries um he punched uh a nazi <laughs> uh at an art ex- we've all been there we've art all installation been there. uh he did he freestyle rapped on morning radio at one point um yeah he has that one oh, we man. know that i'm not famous anymore yeah and then He's got the plagiarizing that he was accused of. And then he also watched, didn't he spend, like, watch 24 hours of his own movies? Or he watched his movies over, like, the course of an entire day. Something. Oh, really? Oh, I don't oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't see up. this one. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Crazy. Well, the, the thing that I loved about the plagiarizing thing is, is that he used the, like, plagiarized, like, other quotes and other apologies. Like, in his apology. Yeah. It, was, it was wild. I know. It was wild. <laughs> Uh, all right, good one, brother. Kind of surprised. The upset. You pull off the upset. Most awesome. I know. Win. I was. I literally was going to come in here and be like, "This is Brandon's <laughs> no way. place to yeah. take it." But I did uh, have to step up my game because I'm a competitor. You did earn it. You earned it. Um, all right, Brandon, the gambling corner. Bring us to the jam. South segment, egg of eight. Let's close this, mud it down. I've gave you guys plenty of gambling tips, plenty of spots to make a few coins. Um, there'll Duck probably heads. be one in here 
one or two spots, probably one. Uh, I'd like to finish. I finished what a game and a half total of the last one. The last one was my strongest, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just being no, nice. you've had plenty of strong ones in here. Yeah, you okay. don't tell yourself. Uh, yeah, you fucking kill. I'd like to do a clean sweep today if it's all the same to you. Uh, I'm I'm here for it. I'm ready, and I'm willing to be your supportive pod partner right now as you crush this and make these audience members some money. Let's do this. All right, NFC South. Let's play the AFC West and the NFC North this year, plus their two grab bag games. Yeah, let's start off. We've talked a lot about them in ancillary pods, but let's talk about the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers. Uh, so a lot of questions marked here, right? Uh, has probably, you know, one of the league's most explosive backs in McCaffrey. Uh, explosive, yeah. uh, just exciting to watch. We'll go that sure. way. Like, let's, not, let's not get confused with explosive. Um, moved on from Cam Newton. Cam Newton seemed to have them kind of, you know, handcuffed a little bit the last couple of years. A little just kind of like held them hostage would be too strong. But he was too much of a talent to move on from but never 100% healthy. So it was hard to, you know, capture that, that Super Bowl run magic they had. And I think it wasn't after the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl wasn't the year also that they went like 15-1, and one, was it? That was like the next year or like two years later. Ooh, drink everybody. Yeah, I think you're probably right on I mean, that. Right. Yeah. Uh, all I'm doing is trying to hop dance around while I actually figure out what this number is. Uh, they won uh, five and eleven last year. Uh, like you said, the offense not great with Kyle Allen, so maybe improved with Teddy Bridgewater or not. Yeah. Uh, and they've got seven. They, they took seven. They had seven picks in the draft last year. Took all seven with defensive players. You know, Luke Keckley is not there as well too. Don't forget about that. The, the famous middle linebacker who retired early. I think six and a half is too low. I said seven. 5.5. Five and a half. Oh, my God. That's that's low. Wow. That's off. We were at six and a half, you said? Yeah. No, I said I did. I thought six and a half was too low. Oh. Yeah. Uh, full game off? Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's... So I got a little bit of Teddy Bridgewater love just being a Vikings fan. And, you know, the way sure. his first season went down was, uh, you know, just a disaster and a sad story. Glad to see his battle back. Yeah. And instead of hanging, I thought, I thought maybe he'd hang around in New Orleans to kind of get that, get that Saints job coming up in a couple of years. But uh, I hope Carolina's a good, good fit. Uh, I like his arm. I think he makes great decisions. I like McCaffrey. I think young receivers there that have a lot of talent. Uh, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, yeah. very good. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't like the division they're in. I think these are, uh, these are a lot. I of think that's games. part of it, right? I think that's part of it. Yeah. I think it's also Matt Rule, first-time head coach, Joe Brady now taking over uh, from LSU, kind of young, and it's one of those things. It's like, you know, they do have talent on this team, but it's like, how are they going to be able to put this all together? I do think five and a half is low. Would be a fun team to root for, but I'm, I'm not super stoked on their division. With Tampa Bay yeah. and with New Orleans, yeah, yeah, because they, I mean, they, they get swept. They, uh, you know, they have the Chiefs on their schedule. Uh, yeah. NFC North could have you know some difficult games with Philadelphia, with Dallas. Uh, I see it. So I think this is more uh, less Vegas believing in them, but Panthers haven't proved anything yet, and you know they they're in one of the toughest divisions. So that justifies the five point five. I, you know, I would say bet this if you felt like gambling, but you could find yourself in a tough spot just watching them kind of be swept within their own division, and then you're just like, "Fuck, where am I going to find these six wins?" You have to dig yeah, deep. That, that's a 
That's a tough one. Let's go to Hotlanta. Hotlanta. Uh, and, and, and Matt Ryan. And the Atlanta Falcons. The perennial underperformers. <laughs> Seven and nine last year. Atlanta just showing that, like, I don't like people make a joke about it, but we always talk losing that Super Bowl broke something inside of them. Yes. Broke, broke something in Matty Ice. Yeah. It's just like it's not the same. And that guy loves throwing interceptions in the end zone. <laughs> loves it. <laughs> he is obsessed. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think Vegas is going to have a hard time with this because I think everyone knows the level of talent that's at the Falcons. And they just got Todd Gurley, which I don't think is changing a lot of lines for anybody. But I don't think this number can get as high as it should be because of how they always underperform in the division they're in. Ah, oh, man, I want to go nine. I said eight and a half. Seven and a half. Joe! This is my luck. Take this over. I do like this. I want this over. I like this over too. I like, I mean, they're, 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 if you go by the Vegas lines that we've gone through here, I think they have like the, the toughest, you know, on paper Vegas lines because I think they have the most wins. But I really, I was looking at their schedule B and I really like this schedule. They're, they're home for Seattle at Dallas. So that's a little tough. But then it's Chicago. Green Bay, Carolina, and they just go back and forth. Minnesota, Detroit, Carolina, Denver. Uh, I just like them going, trading home and away stints. By week in week 10, New Orleans, Raiders, New Orleans, uh, Chargers, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. So I like I like eight wins in there. I, I mean, I, I love eight I, wins. I and guys, like- Tampa Bay might not be good. I know we'll get to that, but everyone can just like slow down. People are losing their mind. Like, I know the Tom Brady. We all saw Tom Brady play last year. Right. There's a reason New we England's also, moving we on. Also saw, we also saw Jameis Winston throw 30 INTs and then go 7-9. So I think there's a little bit of that, like, counterbalance. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? Fair. For as, as, as crappy as TB played, that's the biggest X factor with that team. The, the offensive line for the Falcons is really the, the biggest factor. If they can keep Matty Ice and get some rushing lanes, they were terrible last yeah. year that offensive line such a weird um, I'll be uh, I, I like this I like this over you like this over I love this over we're putting we're putting significant map dollars significant map dollars yeah it's one of the what the three locks we've come across Falcons over 7.5 sign me up bro sign you up sign me up so let's move let's move down to New Orleans the Saints 13 and 3 last year Mr. The 41-year-old Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Yeah, the, the Saints racking up as many wins as they can before they get upset in the playoffs because that's what the Saints do. Okay, I have Saints at... Uh, I'll go for the uh, 11. 11 wins. Close, 10.5. 10 and a half. That's what I had. I bumped it up. All right, ten and a half. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Saints, the Saints are the classic team that you talked about. It's just like, hey, are these guys have they played together? Can they just kind of walk in, know what's going on, what the score yeah. is, and just get to work? Saints, absolutely. Like Sean Payton and Drew Brees, been doing it together for shit a decade. Yeah, longer, I think. Yeah, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders. They've they, they've had the top. They've been in the top ten or. Efficient offensive efficiency, uh, like nine of the last ten years, in the top five of the last three. Uh, Drew Brees is 
you know, he's not throwing the ball deep, but he's they're just kind of moving it quickly, short little passes. You can't really stop him. Very like West Coast feel. Um, they, they bring in Emmanuel Sanders, you know, to kind of replace Ted Ginn. Cesar Ruiz from Michigan, kind of to start at center position and really kind of solidify that offensive line. I mean, this is, if anything, this has got to be the final window for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's why they're definitely saying out, saying it out loud. You know, Drew Brees knows how old he is. Uh, obviously, if, yeah. they, if they get that chip, like I picture him retiring immediately. Like he's, I, oh, yeah. I, I don't think he's longevity guy. I think he's more of just like, we're so close. We have Michael Thomas, we have Alvin Kamara, you know, um, top three guys in their position a lot of firepower on this offense if it takes off it'd be you know big uphill battle to kind of catch up with them so uh yeah you gotta like that over if you want to gamble on something it'd be you know fun team to watch and it's not crazy for them to get to 11 games i mean we're talking about five losses guys i mean that's not i mean again that's not crazy i, I think i think you're right this, this division is i think Vegas training is the hardest i think there's about half a game to a game less wins for each team a game would be high but like half a game less probably yeah, yeah. And then finally, the team that we could probably talk ad nauseum about for many pods. Yes. We love him. I love him. He's a handsome elderly gentleman. Absolutely. Tom Brady, the Tampa the Tampa <laughs> Brady Buccaneers. Tampa Brady. Ooh, just give me the chills. I'm gonna knock off a half a win just for giving you a boner that. is what I'm giving you. God damn um, that man's handsome. Okay, so Mike Evans, yeah, you said that went seven and nine last year. Uh Yep. In between, you know, calling the Tampa Bay interceptions. We had Winston back there. Um, good one, Brad. Jameis who one, signed Brandon. with the Saints, which would be interesting. Yeah, that is, that is interesting. Um, people love Tom Brady. Tom Brady did not look good in New England, but he's here. Um, they have weapons. I keep saying I'm going to keep putting it off because I'm dan- tap dancing around this last half game. That's all right. Yeah. I'm going to go 11 wins. You're a little high. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Okay. Well, I thought I thought there'd be a little bit more Tom Brady hype. Nine and a half. Like betting the Tampa Bay going ten and six. That's not hard. But like I said, like this is a tough division, so I probably need to be bumping everything down by like half a win to one. Yeah. So it's yes. I think it's like I think it's the that is as much top like hype as they can get. They they the defense actually played pretty well last year, all things considered, and the offense was was pretty explosive. It just as Will Tom Brady be able to get it to, to go? You know, I mean, nine and seven would be a huge disappointment for this team. Um, but ten wins, you know, we're talking, you know, we're talking definitely wild card berth, or maybe they can, you know, upset, uh, you know, the Saints a little bit, kind of beat them out. I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, just like we talked about Bill Belichick, there's definitely a chip on Tom Brady's shoulder also that wants to win a chip before Belichick gets his. So I expect to see it, you know. Tom Brady always competitive, but I def like he is raring to go. He wants to make this happen, and and I it'll be super interesting to see like what Gronkowski can do if anything, because because Arians came out and said that they're basically going to come out. Their base personnel is going to be two tight ends, two wide receivers, one running back. So we know we got OJ Howard. Cameron Brayton is still there. So it's like, how much is Gronk going to be the guy that's really going to help out in the run game and just kind of bash people in? Is he going to be the guy that's going to be able to catch passes when it's clutch? Yeah. It's interesting, you know? Absolutely. Um, well, there it is, everybody. Please review, go back, listen to <laughs> the last few pods. Uh, run this one back. Uh, check out, run a Shia LaBeouf movie. Do whatever you want to. Um, flip on some basketball. Speaking of basketball, that Clippers-Mavericks game tied up at 121. Going to overtime, bro. 
It's going to overtime. We do not go to overtime. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our power, baby. Episode 130. Thanks for tuning in. You want to shoot us an email? MVPSportsPodcast at gmail.com. MVPs, who you got, bro? Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm I'm fucking fucking your shit up, man. Uh, MVPs. I'll go those teachers out there that have headed back to school. Good on you. First week for Kamish add-in 2.0. School went great. Uh, Saw all the measures that they took to stay safe and other that they're doing. Uh, Big shout-out. Congrats. To you guys out there. Uh, I'll give my MVP to Sean Payton. I know we've just been bringing him up, but uh, he's, you know, taking the tactics bringing up the bubble just trying to figure out solutions instead of being reactionary trying to come up with some stuff and be a little proactive figure some shit out to make this season happen in the postseason absolutely totally absolutely guys it's been MAB Sports Podcast episode 130 <laughs> I am Brandana why don't you sign yourself off most awesome <laughs> oh shit sorry about that uh, audience. this has been a chock full of fantastic transitions like yeah you think <laughs> I like that have a great one Bye-bye now.